podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Anfield Index podcast. I'm Trev Downey coming to you as ever from beautiful rural Ireland and I am joined in what will be episode 203 of this particular podcast mm. by Range by Carl Kopak and returning homeboy Neil Poole with the ever, ever capable guy drinkle in the background chipping in when he can. Lads, this is a, a rare thing for us here. We've got a, a, a four-way sort of situation. It's going to be interesting. You boys are going to have to share your toys a little bit in terms of time. I hope that's going to be okay. I know that uh, both Cam and Carl have a certain level of expectation and sort of privilege at this stage that they believe that they've absolutely fully entitled to. And uh, Neil's sort of muscling in on that territory now. But I would remind everybody that Neil was Neil was, uh, is an is, is an old an old hand at this and has founder was, member. Was, Founder member of this particular little uh, so, uh, little uh, little grouping that we've got here. Not to Trev, it, it's great to be sitting in a room again with all three of you and looking into the whites of your eyes. It, it, isn't it, it's lovely the way we do that, man. Um, you know, it's it, it's about the effort that we make. It is good to have you back, Pooley. I mean, like I'm just going to talk a little bit of uh, a bit, bit outside the school here. You uh, we were chatting just uh, pre-record, and you were talking about yeah, you, you were getting your Skype set up, and you hadn't really been involved since um, last August was the last time you used your Skype, which of course kind of coincided with the last time you did one of these with myself and Carl. And I guess everybody's wondering, Pooley, what what's been going on in in Neilland? Yeah, mostly watching Liverpool, mostly then choosing to not watch Liverpool, even though we've had a great season. But I found it all a little bit much. I'll be honest with you, Trev. I've I've, I've gone full circle and started caring again too much. And the way I've been dealing with that is by generally being apathetic and trying to avoid it. Um, so there's been a lot of that going on. Um, not much else really. Just sort of texting you every now and again and telling you, oh, Trev, I've got an idea about something and then not actually doing it. That's, that's, that's mostly been my year. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we have we have kicked about quite a few ideas which have have as yet to come to fruition. But I I'm not as fatalistic as you are about that. And what I would say as well is that people might not realise that um, you were uh, so all in this year that you ended up didn't you out and um, out of the big one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was, I absolutely spawned that. I think on the Wednesday, so obviously it took place on a Saturday. On the Wednesday before, like three days before, at nine o'clock that morning, I wasn't going to Kiev at all. And then by the end of Wednesday, I had flights, tickets, everything sorted. It was like a mad 12 hours. It just through massive sportiness. I absolutely did. Didn't deserve people <laughs> so deserve to go to that game more than me. But I hope such is life. Um, and then yeah, ended up going to Kiev. It was absolutely fantastic. Oh, I was, I was, yeah, great. Yeah, it was absolutely brilliant. And I must admit, it was quite good to not get beaten up by hooligans or 
get shot out of the air by separatists. So, you know, it was, uh, I, was quite, I, was, I was quite, I was quite happy to just get home in one piece, to be honest. I mean, I actually said to Mrs. Neil before I went, I actually not that bothered about the game. I'm actually a little bit worried about it. And if I just get home, I'll take that now. <laughs> I sort of don't want to go, but I better, better go. But, yeah, yeah, but it was, um, in the end, it was, it was not a sniff of trouble at all. It was absolutely fantastic. Oh, I, um, love, I love that that is your takeaway from the whole event is that you got home. Uh, intact and that is wonderful Pooley because it means you're here with us this evening and before I introduce Carl and, and, and Cam as, as as I always do and they get to have a wee chat about something that's on their mind or a quotation or some sort of a thing that they come across because obviously they've been mulling it around uh, all week and definitely didn't do it just before we started this evening but no, before, no before I get to the two lads um, I believe I, I've from from what we chat we had earlier on, that you had a little bit of an insight into why Alison Becker is called Alison Becker. And it does seem a bit odd, doesn't it? It's that old uh, classic South American-German uh, mix-up. What's going on there? Well, th- this wasn't in preparation for the podcast. It's like where most normal people, like last week when we signed Alison, started looking at the football statistics and everything. I just I just got caught in a, a bit of a like a Wikipedia sort of wormhole, and what I noticed was he's actually from a place called um, Novo Hamburgo, which absolutely sounds like I'm speaking Spanglish, <laughs> like just <laughs> just making it up. But it's actually called no, no, Novo Hamburgo. So I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. Not least, it sounds like food, which is a big love of mine. So absolutely. I went into so went in, found out a little bit more about Novo Hamburgo, uh, and. It, it grew. It grew from a little village in the mid 18th century, so 1750s. And the reason it grew, it was consolidated by German immigrants. There was a big mass movement of Germans. I don't know the reason why. Over to this um, area of Brazil in the 1750s, um, and pretty much the vast majority of people who were from there now can trace their sort of heritage uh, back. Um, or edited uh, to be medieval, uh, 250 years back into like German uh, descendancy. So uh, Becker, apparently, my father-in-law tells me he's actually Baker in German as well. Yeah. So that, I think that's where, why the German surname's there. But also one other thing I found out that I didn't mention to you, which is unrelated to um, to the, the German descendants, was... Novo Hamburgo is actually the shoemaking capital of Brazil. Oh man! I mean, just just because there's a lot of shoe manufacturing that goes goes on there. <laughs> so, uh, so shoe, shoes, traps, Adidas. There's the link, and German gets on well with Klopp. I think we can say it's a guaranteed success. Quite honestly, this is exactly the type of thing, Pearly, that I was hoping you'd bring to the show. That's absolutely magnificent. And if there is a better name, place name in the world than Novo Hamburgo, I have yet to hear it because that is absolutely oh, fucking amazing. Novo Hamburgo. Novo Hamburgo means New Hamburg. Does it? Does it, Pooley? Yeah. Does it? So in the way New York was called New Amsterdam originally and so forth. But anyway, I think I've probably spoken enough. I don't think anyone's listening anymore. I'll let you move on to the other one. It's like Bismarck, isn't it? Bismarck, North Dakota is very similar. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is uh, absolute, uh, 
audio gold. And and thanks again, Billy, for explaining what Novo Hamburgo meant there, because we were <laughs> we were all fully in the dark, uh, for sure. Uh, Carl, I know that uh, for you it's been a busy week, and I believe you're off on your holidays very soon. We were lucky to get you. You're sort of you're sort of in a halfway house. Uh, yeah. As we speak, um, you know, you're, you're, you're reliant on, 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 uh, less than, than, than ideal conditions. So God bless you for turning up for the evening. Uh, how are you getting on this week, my friend? Not bad at all. Not bad. I, I fly to Spain at, um, ridiculous o'clock tomorrow morning. Um, but, um, I do have a quote and it's because later on today we'll be talking about, uh, uh, five aside teams. So I won't tell you who this is until we actually get around to talking about that. And by saying that, it means that we've definitely got to do it. So my quote is, True ignorance is not the absence of knowledge, but the refusal to acquire it. Thank you very much. That's not Sid Little. That is not Sid Little, by the way. <laughs> no, that's clearly that's clearly not Sid Little. So I, let me run that past me again. True ignorance is not the... It's not the absence of knowledge, but the refusal yes. to acquire it. But the refusal to acquire it. Are you going to elucidate or are you going to wait until we're talking about... I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait until... Okay, it. okay. Let's, that's we'll, right. we'll let that hang in the air then. I think that's what we should I do. I like it. It, it is, it, it's good. I, mean, I agree with it completely. It's, 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 it's demonstrably good quote. I like that a lot. Do you, do you, want, uh, do you want another one? It's very, very quick. And I don't know if you can guess who this is. Is it the same source? Yeah. Uh, no matter how many instances of white swans we have, we, we may have observed, this does not justify the conclusion that all swans are white. Oh, you've gone full philosophy wanker on me this yep. evening. And I, I really love have. that. That's that's fantastic, and now you've given it away to me. So I'm gonna yeah. let it. We we'll let it sit. Maybe our listeners can be mulling that one over as the show as the show develops. Talking uh, of swans, Trev, if you don't mind me, just talking of swans. One thing I've realised in the last year is that the ugly duckling is a really morally corrupt story that we shouldn't be telling our children. Massively, yeah, massively. Yeah. It's an awful story. Yeah. Uh, it, it pretty you... much teaches us that oh, it's all right. Because as long as in the end you look, end up looking attractive, then that's okay. That's the happy ending. That he's no longer ugly, as opposed to accepting the way he looks in the first place. It's a morally corrupt story that I refuse to read to the children. It's Poorly, Poorly. It's, Poorly. Uh, it's, it's, it's as if you're not living in 2018, where... Uh, Instagram and selfies and uh, the 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 beauty of the self is is all that matters. It, it, it's almost as if you don't get where we're going as a, as a society, man. Um, you know, I I admire your naive morality, but it's uh, those days have gone, my friend. I'm afraid those days have gone. Cam, how are you getting on? Um, you're sitting in the background there, and I'm very aware that by dint of Pooley coming on now, you're going to start to feel a little bit. You're going to be shifting your seat a bit, going. Is this fucker coming back? But Cam, we are family. So talk to me. How are you getting on? I'm good, Mr. Danny. I'm good. Uh, always great to be here. Um, having a great week, enjoying my life. Are you having basic. a great week and enjoying your life? Give me uh, an example of one thing that you did that was great and you enjoyed. <laughs> uh, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes uh, less is more. So, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I may, okay. I, I may have enjoyed a drink. Let's put it that way. That's always okay. nice. Once in a blue moon, isn't it? Absolutely, nice absolutely. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. So, <laughs> my, my little quote for you. And um, oh. oh, and by the way, well, welcome Neil. It's good to have you back on uh, the main pod. Hopefully, uh, uh, you won't be kicking me out soon. Uh, you know, we are family here. 
please. No, no, no. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll see. As, 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 as I said there, I'll see you all again next Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Football is an art, like dancing is an art. But only when it's well done does it become an art. Hmm. Uh, I, I'm tempted to think that's some sort of a Brazilian chap. I was going to say storage for some reason. Oh, okay. Yeah, I like that. I like no, that. no. I would go both around poorly. Any talk? Any takes? Who you might think that might be? I don't know, but it's two quotes that I've heard tonight that I'm going to live my life by. So they're both <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. These boys, they just, they just bring the wisdom every fucking week. It's unbelievable. No, no, uh, fo- no football insight whatsoever. Just good quotes. Listen, if you're coming to the Anvil Index podcast for football insight, then you have got it. <laughs> you you, you it yeah. First of all, football insight happens by accident on this podcast, uh, as a side effect of our other, uh, meanderings. But anyway, Cam, I digress. Who uh, is responsible for that? Uh, the French professor, Mr. Wenger. Oh, he said. Yeah. Do you know what? Now that you, now that you say it, I've definitely heard that before. Shit, yeah, yeah, obviously, yeah. Yeah, that sounds familiar now. Okay. okay. It's interesting, Benger, isn't it? Because, um, because of what he's done for the game. Yeah. And then I just wish that someone oh, had a piece about God. him. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yes, Carol. And who possibly could have written a piece about him? And where could one find such a thing? Apparently, Leanne Prescott of, this, of these very these very quarters has written a piece about him for a website called Some Green Grass and the Ball. And by the way, Pooley, we're having a chat after this. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, cool, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're, you're not, you're not, you're not retiring from life, mate. Not while I've got you. Yeah. <laughs> I can now announce Neil Pool will be writing for. Yeah. Oh, by the way, by the way, uh, the crayons out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Pooley, crayons and helmet on the go. Do you, by the way, do you, do you remember? Uh, you remember Carly asked me to fill in next Wednesday. I have a concept. I'm just going to put. I'm going to pitch it to you live here now. Okay. Because okay? it's non-Liverpool, right? And the concept is two words. Lothar Mateus. How do you feel about that? Fine. Yeah, we've got no German stuff at all. So apart from um, uh, West Germany against Austria in 1982. That's the only time we've ever covered Germany. So happy with that. Okay. With it, with it, with it focusing on an individual, yeah? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Well, the first one was on Carlos Piel, so... Let's do that then. Okay. Oh, by the way, by the way, Carl, did you see the quote or the tweet rather from your um, fave and mine, uh, Irish comedian Ashling B yesterday, who said, Jean Moutinho sounds like saying Jose Mourinho with a hot potato in your mouth. And she hashtagged it, Ashling's big football tweet of the day. Isn't she wonderful, really? I think it's only a matter of time before she sees sense, to be honest. Yeah. And, and, and considers life in North London. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Which she probably is already for all I know, but Probably. Probably. She probably, probably lives next door to you, you don't even realise. I I very much doubt that. Uh, I haven't seen the houses in there on my road. But <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's, she's more than welcome. If you, you oh, know, if you, ever, if you if you ever want to go down to the West End and Tandoori Grill, then you know, you can feel free. Look, she's whatever 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 she does, she's uh, heartily, heartily, heartily uh uh, approved of by all of us here. Indeed, the other uh, side. On the Anfield Index, Index podcast, we do, we do, we do like asking. Um, lads, there's a lot going on in football. Um, and yet I know because this time last year, myself and Carl and Pooley were discussing how little we cared about, um, pre-season. Um, and we were talking about how 
little it matter. And I believe the very last one you did, Pooley, you were probably heading off with your lad to maybe his first game. And I suppose that had a bit of significance because you could do that. And it was, yeah. it, was it was an occasion. But up till then, and the previous ones that we did, the two or three we did before that, was like, oh, it's, uh, okay, fine. You know, from the ones from July on, we were just like, yeah, I, I, I get it hard to care. So I suppose I'm going to st- come full circle here with you now and talk to you just a little bit about this idea, because there are a couple of, I suppose, Liverpool-related issues arising from this preseason tour. There's one massive one um, that I'll uh, segue into with you before I go around to the other three on it. But just initially, first of all, um, on what we've seen so far, would it be right to say that you can kind of bundle these preseason games into sort of ever increasingly relevant uh, uh, things like the three that we saw that were played on on kind of home soil if you like uh, in, the, in in England very hard to care I know I could have watched them and I know I didn't watch any of them um, I watched some selected highlights I, I honestly didn't care enough I'm still on my break and I want to have my break uh, Neil because I'm so into it and I'll be yeah. so into it, like you. When it comes back, I'll be so into it. It's all, all encompassing. It's all consuming. I want to have a break. Are you still there, or have you changed in 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 regards to that this year? No, I'm pretty much the same. I think I do think I might have been different if we'd won that Champions League final. And I, 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 I mean, I reacted to it quite well for the first few days, but then, but ever since, you have a slightly sort of like. PTSD with it, where it, it keeps it keeps coming back to me, and I must admit, it did sort of suck out the sort of enjoyment of watching the World Cup and everything, just because I wasn't really in the mood for watching the footy. But weirdly, even though I never watched much of the World Cup, and I never watched any of the first um, few of these games, and I'm now actually quite looking. I'll probably try and catch the Man City game um, tomorrow, isn't it? Um, well, on Thursday. I'm actually quite in the mood to sort of start watching them now, just because I've been seeing the odd bits and bobs about like cases apparently being good and you know um, storage is being good. So this this has piqued me interest a little bit. I'm actually quite interested to sort of see um, a rejuvenated um, storage to actually have a look at Cater and see what he's like. So now that we're getting closer to the start of the season, there's only a few games to go. Uh, I'm actually, I'm actually now beginning to get over, you know, Kiev and and whatever. I'm really starting to look forward to the season now. So I think, yeah, I'll watch those next few games. I might even go to the Torino game at Anfield, to be honest. And like you said, um, it's another, it's another opportunity for me to take my kids as well, which is obviously quite difficult, uh, quite difficult to do these days. So I will probably actually go to that game. So yeah, no, I'm on, I'm on the turn. Everything before now, when you were doing, the tour of bleak places in the northwest. I um, wasn't particularly, um, <laughs> wasn't particularly enamoured, enamoured with. But yeah, now that it's it's in America and it's all a little bit glossy and some of the main players coming back, I've got a bit more of an interest in it. Yeah. Did you see? So you, you so what you're telling me is you didn't see the Dortmund game. Uh, the, the next, the first game you will probably see will be the City one. Is that right? Uh, tomorrow night, I think. I see the Dortmund goals. That's all. Okay. Okay. Actually, Okay. Well, actually, you know, I'm going to come back to you and Carius because I know uh, probably one of the other two lads probably saw the Dortmund game and just Carl, you saw. Okay, so just specifically on that game, and we're going to talk about the Carius issue later on. But just on that game, uh, Neil flagged up a couple of things there that are very exciting to us, especially in the wake again, as as Pudi was saying, in the wake of. Uh, what was like, you know, uh, as as big a low as you're going to get as a Liverpool fan? I mean, 
in some ways, almost the UEFA Cup final was a bigger blow because I felt like we threw that one away, whereas this one was taken from us, I think, in a way. Um, but it was low. It was a dark spot. And we're, we, we, the club, I think, have done wonders. God bless them to sort of uh, uh, massage the horrors away in terms of the recruitment. And we got to a situation where we were heading into that game against Dortmund and we had our big name goalkeeper signing, which we were kicking around the last day, hopefully. And we had uh, Naby Keita, who poorly flagged up, and we had Fabinho uh, playing, and we had um, Danny Sturridge looking rejuvenated and, you know... All- all our top, top lads still sitting on the bench. A few of the kids looking sharp. It's an exciting time from that perspective, from that point of view. Did you find anything to be excited about in that Dortmund match watching it? Was there anything that took your eye particularly? Naby Keita. Yeah, Naby Keita. He's, um, the, the, the man likes to step over. I'll give him that. He's, he's in the same way that Glenn Johnson did, although it wasn't his job. He's, he, he likes getting to the byline and cutting back. And I, and I love players to do that, you know, and if you think, you know, where he plays on the pitch, he really shouldn't be on the byline cutting things back, but he, he, there's a few times he got into the area and he's just basically begging to be kicked because his legs are all over the place. The ball's in me, but his legs are all over the place. And you can see, you can see it. lads just thinking, I just can't take the risk. But sadly, he, he cut it back to this centre back a few times. It's raining. We couldn't really get anything from it, but I just thought, you know, you just see someone who just think, hang on, you, you're, you're quite good, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the feeling I got from that. The other thing I I took from it as well, which is really unusual because he's never going to play, is um, Ben Woodward. Ben Woodward did a 50-50 on someone, which I thought was a bit bit naughty. It was a hell of a tackle. And I just think, I've never seen Ben Woodward tackle before. So, um, Woodward is not Ben Woodburn. But, um, and that was it, really. And, of course, I noticed the goalkeeper and Virgil, obviously. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we will definitely come to the goalkeeper. So I want to get everyone's take on that. It's a big story. So we'll, we'll just, we'll just tease that one out for a while and keep, keep kicking along. Um, Cam, my, one of my takes that neither of the two lads mentioned there specifically was, and again, may, it may be a bit redundant in the way that, um, quite often the youngsters at our club who are promising are, uh, redundant stories. But I thought Curtis Jones looked immense in terms of, you know, I don't think he's 18 till next year. I mean, he's a remarkable young lad. Um, genuinely looked class, I thought. Um, and as Carl and Pooley have said, Naby Keita, I mean, what have we got with this fella? I didn't see the game the other night. I didn't watch the Dortmund game. I had a really early start in the morning, so I missed that. But from what I've seen of the, the tour of the darkest places of the Northwest, <laughs> Curtis Jones looks a hell of a player, but he looks a hell of a player against you know, championship league one opposition. So, um, what does that tell you? I don't know. Naby Keita, yeah, the guy is just oozing quality. You, you can just see he's a class player and, you know, he, he, he makes the game look very, very easy and he's, he's ridiculous with, with the ball of what he can do. So I'm really excited about seeing what Naby's going to bring, uh, in two and a half weeks time against, okay. uh, West Ham. Can I run something past you? It's to kind of bring in another story just before we get to the goalkeeper situation. Um, and it's a fella mentioned by the two lads as well and Daniel Sturridge. And, you know, I think Adam Lalana's reaction when he was asked about Keita was, yeah, yeah, he seems to be settling well. Uh, doesn't speak the language. I was lucky I was able to speak the language, but you know, settling in well. That was Lalana's take. Now I want you to contrast that with, with Danny Sturridge's take on Naby Keita. He says, I love that guy. 
I'm surprised how good he is, actually, if I'm honest. I knew he was good, but I don't watch German football. I haven't seen a midfielder like him for a while. He's something very different. It's crazy. The things he can do with the ball, he can defend, he can pass, he can dribble. He's fast, he's strong, he's got everything. I'm excited to see what he does in the Premier League and the Champions League. I sit next to him in the dressing room, and we have a lot of banter. My French is terrible, but I try my best. His English is okay. We share some good times and a lot of laughs together. I like him a lot. He's a good guy. The contrast in the responses is quite interesting. Adam Lalana, for example, must be patently aware that if Naby Keita is fit, he'll probably never play. Whereas Daniel Sturridge is thinking, this is the kind of player who can make me relevant in this football team again. Yeah, exactly that. Exactly that. Yeah, totally. Does that make sense to you, Cam? Totally. Absolutely. Lalana's threatened. He knows his place is gone. He knows he's now just a, a squad player and he's a bench option. He's not a starter. Um, because let's be honest, uh, would he be in your best three midfielders? Cause he's not, he's not uh, a wide forward in any, any way, shape or form. Um, so would he make it in your best three midfielders? No. You know, there's, he's a useful squad player. Daniel Sturridge, he, he said something else that was really interesting. I feel good to be back at Liverpool. I feel good to be, it feels good to be playing again. It's like something had happened previously where he'd sort of fallen out of love with Liverpool. Alan Pardew. He's been playing for Alan Pardew. Everyone he has, anywhere else. Well, he didn't play, did he? He, he, he didn't play a game. Three minutes. Game. Yeah. Yeah. So, but something, I think something had happened previously while he maybe, it was just something, the way he said it made me think something's happened and he's come back now and he's, he's got a new lease of life and it's, maybe he thinks this is a last chance saloon. I don't know, but he's also thinking that guy is going to make me again. He's going to make me possibly a player that I'm, I'm not that was before because if you notice he's, he's trying to adapt his game and, and he said it's not because of what the what Jurgen said to him he goes I've, I've just decided to do it sort of thing so if you notice he's, he's playing more as a 10 he's coming a little bit deeper he's trying yeah. different things and by coming more as a 10 he's linking up more with Kaita them two are developing in the friendlies they, they, there's been a couple of passes and you're thinking, yeah, there's a little bit of an understanding going on there. And it's almost like Naby is the, uh, that lad, you know, the one who, um, went over to sunny Spain or something. Nike. Yeah, Nike, that's the one. <laughs> Nick, 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 yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's almost like that relationship is being redeveloped through, through Naby. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be really, really interesting to see, see what we can do, you know, I mean, I think if you can get 1,500 minutes, 2,000 minutes at storage this season, that's a useful option to have coming off the bench and occasionally starting. Really, yeah. really useful. No, a hundred percent. And, and, and I'll just go, I'll go back around the, 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 uh, the same way again. Um, so. Carl, just to get your take on, on the concept of storage, like what do you say to the people who are, uh, I suppose, understandably fatalistic and thinking, look, you know, I, I cannot get too excited about Danny Sturridge because even people who aren't, uh, I, I was, I was a bit wary there because Cam was going towards an area there where, um, 
I was feeling like I should probably point out that an awful lot of people were saying some pretty lazy things uh, in regards to Daniel Sturridge and his character, um, and always have. Um, whereas there's probably a definite point to be made in terms of, of, of mentality. It's not that bullshit. It's not that uh, horrible, um, you know, echoes of racist bullshit. It's more of a different thing. And I think there is a different mindset. And I think that's obvious, and it's obvious in the quotes. But what would you say to people who are saying, I'm not going to get my hopes up about Daniel Sturridge, that's daft, and I want us to get another attacker because we can't rely on the fella because ostensibly he's been injured for quite a long time on his Liverpool career. I'd rather play Daniel Sturridge with one leg than play Origi, Ings and Solanke because he's brilliant. Daniel Daniel Sturridge is an absolutely brilliant footballer. And yeah, there's the injury thing and everything, but um, sometimes people get injured. And uh, if he's got dodgy hamstrings or dodgy calves, then that's something you've got to live with. And I think we'd be mad to get rid of him. I really do. I think he's a fantastic player. And um, I know Dom Solanke's only, what, 12 years old or something, but um, I'm, I'm playing the Daniel Sturridge over him every single time. Yeah. Because I, I, I don't want to see... We're going to get onto this with the goalkeeper now, but I don't want to see development live at Liverpool games. I want to see the finished art at Liverpool games. I want Liverpool to win things and be ruthless. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I th- yeah, yeah. I, I just want world class players playing for Liverpool. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 you know, I, I think, I think you're speaking for most people there because, you know, like, unless you've got some sort of an issue or uh, a bias or an agenda, it's hard to be too negative about the quality that Daniel Sturridge has because. I've said a million times in this podcast, for me, he's easily as good as any footballer has pulled on that shirt. He's just a naturally wonderful footballer. and The idea of him being even a fraction of his best and, and contributing in any way, shape or form to this squad pulley uh, next season, it's exciting because it means you're adding quality. Uh, and I don't mean that in a like a new signing bullshit. I mean that as in a footballer who had previously not been able to contribute much because he wasn't either at the club or... And think about Think about what he could have done if he'd been around to come off the bench in that Champions League final. Do you know what I mean? Think about what I, that, the difference that would have made to us. I think it was what, you what? I texted, Trev, wasn't it about a week before the Champions League final? And, it, cause I, and I, I texted you and I said, can Sturridge play in the Champions League final? I know, because can we time, bring him back? He was the forgotten man, but he was just still in my mind because... I mean, and as uh, was proven in that Champions League final, that and has been a problem for a couple of years now, is that when you go to that bench, and certainly sort of by, by the time you got to Kiev, you know, there's nothing really left on that bench to the point. And I totally agree with Carl. It's like you need just the world class quality on there. You need the absolute sort of skill. I mean, I thought last year, right? I mean, I've always absolutely loved studies. I think I think we we've always all been in the sort of same same the same studies camp as such. Um, last year was the first year I had my doubts over his sort of his future at Liverpool, and my, my reasons for that was because previously, before last season, whenever studies was out for however um, however much for the time, when he came back. I don't think he's ever been one of these players. He has to sort of play for a few games to sort of find his room. I've always found out when he comes back, no, long, no matter how long he's been out for, you can very, very quickly have an impact on a game. I remember a couple of years ago, he came on against Villa at Anfield. He'd been out for months. He came on, he scored. 
even the Goodison derby, the one where Manny scored the winner, it was him coming on. He'd been out for a while. Yeah, that yeah, no one talks about that. Yeah, yeah, that actually doesn't like that set set that up. So throughout his career at Liverpool up until last year, even when he was out, I was always of the opinion he was worth keeping hold of because as soon as he comes back, he can score goals, he can make an impact. Now I think last year was the first year where he didn't do that, where he you know he did. He did play minutes, he did play games, and he just, he wasn't contributing. So it was towards, and then obviously he goes to West Brom. And so I thought he'd gone. I thought, okay, as a player, he's he's possibly gone here. The club, the fact that they're loading him out to West Brom, means that they don't want him anymore. So it's with great, great, it gives me great pleasure to, to know that he's actually playing really well. That he's happy. It, it's strange. I shouldn't. I'm 40 years old, but it really, really pleases me to have the idea of Liverpool players all getting on with each other and really liking each other and sort of getting drunk and putting their arms around each other. Going, oh, I love you and all of this sort of stuff. <laughs> I, I like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I know yeah. football players don't have to get on with that. I mean, obviously, you've got the Sheringham Cole, is yeah. a famous sort of duo we've never got on. But Thomas Smith, Emlyn Hughes. Yeah, exactly. So I like the idea of a happy Sturridge. I like the idea of a Sturridge who last year looked like he was spent, who looked like he's done, who could actually be revitalised. So I'm entirely with Carl on this one. It's like, especially because it doesn't look like we're getting anyone else in. I, I, I don't think, well, that's what all of the sounds come out is we're not really getting anyone else in. It makes absolutely no sense whatsoever to get rid of Daniel Sturridge if you don't have to, and we're not bringing anyone else. You just There's no reason to do it. So you might as well give him the chance. And like we said, if he's got play, a player there in Cater, who he thinks you know, it's a perfect foil with him. I mean, and also, you know, I'd say with Lallana, I mean, you mentioned about Lallana's uh, comments on uh, Cater being quite understated. I mean, let's be fair, he's probably not known for his hyperbole, is he, Lallana? He's quite a sort of um, a beige fella. In his interviews and everything, so I personally probably wouldn't read too much into that. I think Lallana could still, you know, still. I think lots of squad players in this team or in the squad can still be squad players and still probably end up playing twenty twenty five games and being, you know, being useful around Christmas when everyone's legs break and we're all injured again. Um, so yeah, no, certainly storage you keep them as far as I'm concerned. I, I, I fingers crossed. It's probably. Hard overhead this, but I, I, Kevin Keegan, I would absolutely love it if he came back to anything remotely like the old Daniel Sturridge. Yeah, I, I, I think you speak for most people there in terms of like the desire. But again, there's that specter of 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 the 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 cynical. Well, you know, uh, we we get built up and and um, uh, we're inevitably let down by by uh, the inevitability of of of. The injury or the, the, the easy breakability of a fellow like that. But I don't, I think it's almost peripheral thing. I'll be honest with you. I think it's almost peripheral. I, th- I think we need to get rid of a lot of the guys who are floating about in that top area. I think they need to go out of their way to get a, a new guy in. Um, and I think Dan Sturridge needs to be embraced as the sort of, uh, the uh, the the old wise head of the attack and it's it's a simple thing it's that's how you build uh, squads that win stuff I, I honestly believe that uh, Pulley, while I'm with you on the carriers thing I know you didn't see the game 
but you will have seen the goals and you will have seen his sort of in, in air quotes mistakes. You'll have seen um, the incidents um, in the warm ups from the game. I think it was at Berry, and I think you'll have probably seen the uh, glaring sort of error against Tranmere. Uh, if you haven't seen those, I'm telling you about them now. There's been one, two, three. And by the way, on the night, the biggest mistake the kid made by a country mile was, was an absolute, he was flapping at a thing, uh, came out and made a, a, a scuffed clearance and really a player with any technical, uh, uh, ability on his game. Um, and the, the kid in question, Philip, is a very good footballer, but he made a complete balls of it. He should have, he should have embarrassed him, um, by scoring from, you know, uh, well, far out and, and, and sort of chipping it over him. He was all over the shop and it gives me no pleasure to say that because I was in the, very much in the camp of, look, head injuries are serious things. Stop being absolute pricks. Uh, get over yourselves. Uh, we, 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 we go again. Right. Um, but we can't go again, Pooley. We can't go again with this kid. And an awful lot of people are saying that that's, uh, excessive but it's not because you can't recover if you can't recover and he hasn't recovered he hasn't come out and looked solid he hasn't come out and looked now he, he didn't get a chance right in the in the eyes of a lot of people he didn't get a chance in the eyes of some people he did but when he did get that chance in those eyes he hasn't recovered and you know now Allison's in what, what do you make of the whole goalkeeper situation and what do you think is the likelihood in terms of personnel moving forward into the new season we're hearing that there's um uh we're well we, we know Danny Ward's gone for 12 million which is it seems to me to be a massive coup to be honest with you it offsets some of the expense of of of, of um of Allison coming in Allison's clearly going to be number one but who do you see as number two I mean is there a situation do you think where Minulay can accept being number two, or should you know, is it carries or what, what? What's your take on it? You, you've never mind there. I mean, to be, I would have no problem at all, all with Simon Mingley being Liverpool's number two. I've never had the problem with the idea of Simon Mingley being Liverpool's number two. He's about at number two sort of level. After Kiev, then I always thought after that that the best carries was ever going to do was was to be you know it was to be the backup goalie to be the number two. I never really. I've never really at any point believed that he would be our uh, number one again. I think what's happened with the pre-season games, though, is it's relegated him even further. And it, it's, it now looks to be entirely dead in, dead in the water. It, it's come to a, quite a, sort of a natural head to the extent that I think for everyone involved, a lone move out of the club for Carrius would be the best thing for him and the best thing for us. You know, where that loan would be, I don't know. Um, if he does that, then he has a year to sort of hopefully, you know, maybe not prove himself that he's some sort of world-class goalie, but to put, you know, to put in some good performances out of the limelight, whatever limelight that may be. And then this time next year, we're looking at being able to get a half-decent fee for him. And it's like, you know, what's happened, happened. He obviously never meant it. Uh, I mean, regardless of of the concussion and whatever before the Champions League final personally I, I was sort of the opinion that he's, we still needed a replacement uh, goalie of all of the mistakes that you've mentioned I've only seen the, I've only seen the two namely the two in the Champions League final from the other end of the pitch I've not watched the game back I will never see those mistakes again in my life I, I mean the first one in particular I mean 
we've all been at football matches before when something happens and time just stands still. Are, are you are you like did that really just happen? Is this happening? You sort of go into this sort of otherworldly state and it's it's just it's just absolutely terrible. So, but I I I feel sorry for them. I mean, it's sort of you know it's not great. He's a, he's a young lad. But at the same time, I was feeling sorry for them. I still don't want him anywhere near Liverpool anymore, to be honest. And that might sound horrible, but he's just, I think we need to be a little bit ruthless on this. And it's just, it's, we're doing it in other parts of the pitch and we're hopefully doing it with Alisson. Over the last couple of years, the recruitment has been excellent. We're just getting, you know, all of these players that used to sort of split the fans, you know, it'd be 50-50, some think he's good, some think he's bad. We're getting to a state now where there's fewer and fewer of those players in this team because this team's got players that there's no debate about. You know, there's no debate over Van Dijk, there's no debate over Firmino, there's no debate over Mane, there's no debate over Salah and so forth. And hopefully that's going to be the case with the goalie uh, as well. So, yeah, I'm made up that we've got um, Alisson. I don't care how much we pay for them. It's irrelevant. It's just television money. We've essentially secured the two weak points of our team, Van Dijk in central defence and Alisson with the Coutinho money, which I think if you said that to everyone back in January when Coutinho went, everyone would have taken it. And that is essentially uh, what's happened. So, yeah, Caddy has to go on loan, hopefully get his head straight, hopefully improve. We can get a good fee for him next season. Maybe try to persuade Mingley to stay around. I'm happy for him as a number two. And then Alisson to just be the best goalie in the world and we win the league. So that's obviously what's going to happen. Uh, yeah, that pretty much sums it up, I think. I think that's exactly what everybody expects. And you know what, Carl? It's it's interesting. I'm listening to Neil kicking around there. Um, and there's one thing that I wanted to come back to you on. I guess... A lot of people have uh, been. I don't know. I, I just wanted. I wanted to get your take on it because I know you, you were watching the matches. I think some people were a little bit critical of uh, Jurgen for playing Carrius in in these. Yeah. Okay. So perfect. Perfect example. I didn't actually. That that's worked out brilliantly because I didn't know you were amongst them for playing Carrius in that in in those friendly matches when I guess there were alternatives. There were other lads who gone along on tour and could have been played because I suppose. Um, they're we're, they're thinking. Look, let, let's let's hide the fellow away from the spotlight for a little while. But you can possibly see it as an act of faith. One of those very very typical Klopp things to do, where you go, listen, kid, I'm not, not losing faith in you. I'm not going to drop you. I'm not going to. I'm. You're you're not lost to me. You're not dead to me. Should we not just see it as a positive thing that he tried to, to persist with him? Because I've seen it depicted as bad man management. What's your take? Well, what's the point of doing that if Liverpool Liverpool are going to lose two late goals and lose the game? I'm, I'm not about watching players develop on the football pitch. I'm just not into that at all. I've got loads of views on Carrius and I've got sympathies for the, you know for the concussion and everything. But can, can I just go go off the reservation about this for a second? Yeah. What, what was that video, mate? You've just I mean it's not your fault, but you basically just you are responsible for Liverpool losing a Champions League final. Don't put a fucking video out and saying how great you are. I don't want to hear that. What I want to hear from you is, I'm sorry, I'm keeping my head down. Don't put a fucking video and don't go on. I mean, he's getting tons of stick. In, and I, I understand why he's done the Instagram thing as well. But why don't you just shut up for a bit and just carry on developing and getting your head back together again rather than going public on stuff like that. Just just, 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 just to cut across you, because I, I, 
for absolute clarity, in case there are people who are listening who don't know, the, what Carl's referring to there is the, the Instagram video that he made, I guess within a couple of weeks of getting that, actually less, uh, within yeah. a week, w- within a week of, of that, of that concussion, um, verdict, uh, being, being, uh, bandied about, uh, if, if even that, um, he had posted this, a delightful video of him looking absolutely beautiful and, and serene, um, uh, sort of running about and looking, looking very, um, uh, uh, model-esque, doing various training bits and bobs and looking pretty. And I said to you at the time, I said to Cam, there's a dude we don't have to worry about because he, he is, the self-possession there is remarkable. There's a guy who is so confident that he's already over it. And I thought, do you know what? If we're gonna back him, then fuck it. That's okay. I'm okay with that. Now I get your annoyance about it. I genuinely do. And I think it gets, the annoyance gets exacerbated then when in the aftermath of that, he doesn't really perform in a way that shows that he's gotten his head down and that he's concentrated. He's performing in a way that he's skittish as fuck, the poor fella. He's, he, he doesn't look himself. Well, again, I mean, the, the video is one thing, but. It wasn't just a third goal against Dortmund when, when they broke for the second goal. He doesn't die for the shot. I mean, I'd like some. I mean, it was a good finish, and you know, maybe he didn't know which corner he was going to go down because he was quite central when he when he had the shot. But at least fucking die for it. And you know, if you're going to have a performance like that, and this is not concussion based, what you don't do is go on Instagram again and say, "I feel it's really sad that people have got to talk about." People are going to be angry. People are going to be angry with you as it is. And then you go and do the video, and then you give away two goals like that: the goal against Tramia. And then you start arguing again with people. Just shut up. Just go back to what you're doing. Go back to training and start again. We don't want to see posturing. You know, mm. no one's going to pick on you if you shut up. So stop yeah. picking. You know, people are saying, oh, yeah, he's absolutely right. This is a disgrace. And, and I don't want people picking on Liverpool players on Twitter or, or anything like that. But I don't like seeing footballers pick fights either. And that's, that's pretty much what he's doing. The video was picking a fight. Look, I'm all right. I'm fine. Look how brilliant I am. I don't see that out two weeks after Liverpool have lost the European Cup final. Yeah, listen, for me as well, I have to say, look, there's no, there's no two ways about it. Like I said, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm too old at this stage to be anything other than uh, phlegmatic about life. And I saw it and I went, what can I take out of this? I can take out of this. This is a guy who's got like a, a massive ego and a guy who's, who's already re- recovered. So I'll go with that. And then you see him play and then you see, as you say, you see the reaction. Now, the reaction is to some stuff that is absolutely abhorrent and disgusting and the kind of shit, the kind of shit that makes you want to walk away from this game and walk away from being affiliated with these absolute imbeciles. But at the same time, what you do not do, what you do not do is bite in the way that he bit. And what you do not do is point yourself out to be some sort of martyr in the way that he did because you haven't... Absolutely. You haven't earned, you haven't earned that martyr status, pal. You haven't earned, I don't care about whatever, whatever the extent of the horror show you had to endure was, you still haven't earned it. It's not okay. And in the eyes of a lot of people, it won't, won't be okay. So I just think, yeah, the kid could have handled it a bit better. I wonder, I do wonder about Jurgen playing him. I don't know if it was his best, his best moment. I understand probably the motivation well, behind well, th- That's what I don't understand because people were saying straight after the game, look, the lad's not well. You've got to give him time to get his confidence back. What's the manager doing even putting him in? Does the manager think straight away he's okay enough to play for Liverpool? It's a pre-season friendly, you know, no one's asked, but it just makes me think that there's faith in this faith. Don't, don't put him in that situation. I mean, also, I've been reading people saying that, you know, oh yeah, but you know, he's, he's, it's good that he's getting his mistakes out in pre-season. Does anyone seriously think that, that Loris Carriers isn't going to make another mistake for Liverpool in the next five games? Cause I don't. Yeah. And it's 
Jeez, just not good enough. And <coughs> it's mad. And just going back to the humility thing, Stephen Gerrard, when he slipped, what did Stephen Gerrard do? He just shut up. He just went quiet. And that's what you do. Mm-hmm. It's an unfortunate thing that happened, but it happened. What you don't do is make a video and say, aren't I great? Yeah, I listen 100%. And, and, and even if that comes from a place of absolute, and I, I, I will venture that it came from a place of entire embarrassment and mortification on Jared's point, as opposed to entire humility, because Stevie's a, Stevie's a very, 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 very lauded footballer and has been all his life. I'm sure he is, he's an ego the size of a, of a small city. But what he did was he was, he had the decency to be embarrassed. And uh, like, like you say, uh, if you're going to go and, and throw the shapes, then you got to back them up. And unfortunately, Loris, I don't think has. And, and, and I, t- listen, you know, like, like I, I just, I want to be fair to everybody. I, I think that's, I think that's as fair as I can get. Cam, do you know what? I want to talk about something else because it's kind of related to this, but just on the, on the same kind of buzz, uh, of this topic. Um, we were taught, I, 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 I ran a past poorly. Like, who do you think is going to be? doing what task and uh, myself and Carl have gone off into the carious uh, undergrowth there uh, that, that sounds bad um, but you know you, 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 you know you know health yeah, yeah I've got to come shed this is shameful but you, you, what what we haven't really addressed and we didn't get around to it uh, uh, Pooley said he'd be okay with the concept of uh our mate um, Migs as as a number two. Now I know, <laughs> I know that you wouldn't, right? Because I know, <laughs> I, I know how you feel about Simon Mignolet, uh, not as a fella, but as a goalkeeper. And during the day, I noticed this tweet. It was from LFC fans' corner, and it said, "With the departure of Mignolet, Ward, and Bogdan on the cards, okay, would you take Joe Hart as death?" <laughs> He appears to be looking for a new club. Now, a lad that we all know here, right? A lad who may well be on the mixing desk in the background, twiddling knobs at a world-class level and interjecting with S-Club 7 nonsense every so often, says the following in his response to it. This is Guy Drinkle. I would rather Big John paint his yacht with the money. (laughs) (laughs) Now... I think what you've got there is you've got uh, you've got a very definitive statement about Joe Hart as a concept of backup. I'm wondering, just give me your take on the whole goal, goalkeeper situation. Do you think uh, well, should we get our friend um, 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 what's his name? What's his name? Iker Casillas in, who's been uh, running to 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 carry his aid today. What, what, what's your take on the on the goalkeeping situation and how it should progress for the season? It's almost turning into a bit of a mess. Um, we know, without doubt, Alison Becker has been brought in to be number one goalkeeper now. Um, the pair munching mugs, um, I don't believe is featured in a pre-season friendly yet. No. No. Well, that tells you something. Why is he not being featured? Is it a World Cup? Ah, right, okay. Yeah, he's not, he's, he's, he's not, he's, back. he's, he's, he's not, 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 he's
Yeah, you know? but look, if 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 we take if we take into account the fact that the guy is entitled to a holiday, all the rest of it, blah blah blah. Yeah. What I'm asking, what I'm asking you is, all prejudice aside, or maybe all prejudice included, do you see any of the current staff, apart from Allison, as an adequate number two? If so, which one? And if you don't, do you see a late recruitment situation going on there? Or or uh, in a little nod to something that's coming up a little bit later, what about the idea of Mr. Gabrara or uh, Quivin Keller, who's already got a game being promoted? What's your thoughts on, on, on the goalkeeping situation in terms of next season then? Well, I think we've got an opportunity now to sell, to sell the pair munching mug and get some money back for him because he, there will be teams out there who want him. Hair mu- munching mug. Is that what you call him? That's what I'm calling him, yeah. I'm being polite. Um, so it, now's an opportunity to cash in on him. So I think we should be doing that. Harrius, it's a pen, says Mr. Drinkle. Um, <laughs> sorry, I uh, got sidetracked. Um, Harrius, oh God, he's really, he's, he had to play in these friendlies. He, you couldn't play Gabara in all the friendlies and the other kid. I, 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 sorry, I didn't catch his name there. Keller, Quaving Keller. He's an Irish lad. Right. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll let you say that one because I will destroy his name otherwise. You couldn't, you couldn't be playing those two. Carriers had to play and in a way it's good he's making these mistakes because we can now see he's, he's not ready. What, what would you have wanted? Would you have wanted him to start against West Ham in mid-August mm. and start making the mistakes in a Premier League game? It's better he's played these games now, made the mistakes. We can see he's not ready. We can see he's totally shot. He's, he, keep him on the bench now for all I care because unless something really drastic happens and Alisson gets, you know, heaven forbid, cannot play for any reason, Imagine if, he, imagine if he's shit, lads. What will we do if Alan is shit? Oh well, if, well, if he, well, if he's shit, yeah. Twitter oh, can go fuck it. Self, yeah? Oh. The Twitter wankers out there are going to have a heart attack and hopefully they'll all die. Oh, my God. <laughs> is everything all right at home, Cam? <laughs> <laughs> I'm on my own right now. I'm actually sad. There's no lights on. Nobody put the lights on. They, just, they switched all the lights off and left me in the dark. Why would you do that? Just want to give you a hug. <laughs> quite, quite, uh, Pooley, quite honestly, man. I'm jumping in the car now. We, we've been following the, uh, the, 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 the Branch family scenario for a long time. It's, 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 it's rough. You know, the man's yeah, got so, rough. So far he's done a show from his car in yeah. a car park somewhere with a biker gang watching him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and one from his shed. Well, no, uh, Carl, if, if, if sounds like a Liverpool preseason <laughs> tour. Yeah. If, if you remember, he's moved out to the shed on yeah. the uh, on the on the back of uh, annoying Miss Cam, which yeah. is yeah, she got quite upset. Yeah. yeah, she didn't speak to me for about two days after that. Yeah, well, you did fuck up. I don't know what you did, but you did fuck That's up. Two days of my life. <laughs> <laughs> That's four now. That's four now. <laughs> I hope she's. Asleep. <laughs> <laughs> what I uh, oh, yeah. 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 So basically, normal. basically, 
what what you're saying is it's good that he's gotten these mistakes out of the way because now we, now at least our situation is clear. Allison is our number one. Um, yep. uh, Carius is a very distant number two. Yeah. Um, would you go so far? And the other two boys have said, well, they, they'd be kind of content enough with with the idea of Minile as number two. Would you be? You would. I, I don't think we've got a choice now. To be honest, uh, yeah. No, but, I, but, I, but at the same point, if we get a decent offer for him, I want him gone because okay. he hasn't he hasn't genuinely got a future at the club. Right. So in that case, then uh, recruitment would be required last minute. You'd be looking around for somebody of a, of a sort of a, a veteran status like Casillas or someone yeah. like that who was yeah. who was who was who was mooching about in the background. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. T- t- Tim Krill's just gone to Norwich. Tim Krill's gone to Norwich. We missed out there, didn't we? Well, yeah. we. <laughs> I, I, but, I, but I think that's the level for you for you, number two. You just yeah. want a half decent keeper. Not not a, not a ten year old in gold. Someone who's played a bit. And, uh, yeah, like, like Vaughn, you know, that sort of thing. When Vaughn went to Scotland, you you know what? At this point, um, where's uh, Begovic now? Is he still at Chelsea? He, no, I don't think he is. Oh, guy's typing Bournemouth. All right, okay, (laughs) of course he is. Keep keep it here, kids. This is what you're paying for. This is the insight level we've got. Man reads stuff looked up by other man online. <laughs> this is exactly the type of stuff that everybody wants to hear. Look, I, I don't know if you. Okay, Bournemouth is still up. I don't know if you've noticed, by the way. I don't know if you've noticed, but we've almost done a full hour talking shit at this stage, and we still haven't gotten to the five sides, and that is not acceptable. So we're going okay. straight to the five side now, because uh, Carl, you flagged this up earlier on in relation to your quotation, and the quotation was, "Give it to us again." Oh, yeah. Thanks. Throw that one at me straight away. Why don't you? Um, true ignorance is not the absence of knowledge, but the refusal to acquire it. Right. Now, you gave us that quotation particularly because I had asked you guys, all three of you earlier on, to give me your best five-a-side team with players who had your first name. Okay. Now, listen, honestly. Oh, is that what you asked? Oh, shit. Are you serious? I just wanted the name of the team. Oh, Brainchy. Fuck's sake. I think Cam's going to struggle anyway, to be honest. I am. Of course, you were going. You were going to struggle. I was. I. I I assumed you were going to like veer into Cameron territory. Anyway, look, it doesn't matter. We've got. We've got Pooley. We've got. We've. We've got Carl. Let's see how you go. Anyway, Carl, I'll start with you, and then I'm going to go to Pooley next. Your five-a-side team of Carl's uh, and talk to me about the obvious quotation now that people are starting to get it. I'll, I'll, I'll finish with him. I'll finish with him. But I've got, I've got a very strong forward line. You can probably get what it is already. Go uh, on then. Carl Heinz Rummenigge. Carl Heinz Rummenigge, number one, go. Very, uh, very happy with that. I've got, uh, uh, I've got, I've got Carl Heinz Riedler. Carl Heinz, there you go. Very happy <laughs> Well, that, to be honest, I'm not having Carl Henry. Um, and goal, I've got Karl Marx, the big one. It's got the oh, base. Okay, so hang on. So we've got two gen. We've got a top end footballer. We've got another top end footballer who's next red. Now <laughs> we're into now now we're into Karl Marx. You wait till you see the the defensive two. It's a beauty. Oh. Oh, wow, uh, okay. but the, the the quote is um, um, Karl Popper, who discovered okay. who, who didn't discover, but he brought about the idea of falsification of theories 
Um, as in, if you want to believe something, you test it until it can be falsified. And if it doesn't testify, if it doesn't falsify, it becomes a law. So uh, that's where um, true ignorance is not the absence of knowledge, but the refusal to acquire it. And he's very big on um, all swans and white, that sort of thing. Um, and uh, it's, it's a pretty obvious one to partner him in the defence. It's Carl Harmon from Brushstrokes. Well, of course it fucking is. I could have gone for Carl Henry, the former QPR player, but he's an absolute prick. Carl so, uh, from Brushstrokes. That's an incredible shout. Yeah. That is an incredible shout. And, of course, only people who are roughly around our age will get that. But yeah. uh, what what was his character? Was it Jacko? What was his character name? I think it was Jacko, yeah. Jacko, I the think. The theme tune was um, Because of You by Dexies. Yeah, it was Jacko from Brushstrokes, just in case you're wondering. All right, Neil, you had a slightly easier task, given that Neil is less of a, of a, a, a slightly less rare, um, than, than, than Carl or Cam. What was your five-a-side team, Pooley? Okay, so I'm not putting these to particular positions. This is total football that we're playing. Okay. (laughs) So, yeah. So, and I'm not going by skills of football players. For the ones that are football players, there's different reasons for each, like a plethora of reasons. So, <laughs> so, so Neil Neil Lennon first. Neil Lennon. Maybe, yeah, reason for Neil Lennon is he's a very angry man. Uh, I just think I could help him chill his beans a little bit. Just put an arm around and just calm Neil Lennon down. So I'm going Neil yeah. Lennon. Neil Webb of Nottingham Forest. In the eighties, and, fav- and again, this one is about building bridges and crossing divides. No, you haven't. To- you haven't. You haven't. You're going to put him in. I'm going to. I'm going to put. I'm going to put to bed the Nottingham Forest rivalry, and uh, we're going to. We're all going to be friends again. And, and actually, very quickly, this comes to mind. I was once at Ells Court Station with someone who I can't name. And we'd just been to see us get beat by Chelsea. And there was a couple of lads there in Nottingham Forest t-shirts on the platform. Just obviously going to a different game. Nottingham Forest was to be playing, I don't know, Fulham or someone. Um, and the person I was with started shouting abuse at these two young lads in their 20s. Just because they were wearing Nottingham Forest shirts. I was like... I just like, just, just stop it, what are you doing? Like, we're going to get our heads kicked in. And then, and then the words that were told, that were said to me was, I'll never forget, they broke the strike. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> which, which oh. is possibly the most scouse answer ever. But anyway, so yeah, it's, it's time to build bridges across the divides with um, Bosnian Forest. Um, Neil Meller, just so I can see him try and reenact the winning goal against Arsenal at Anfield in Lovely. 2004. Lovely. I just have a go now. And then, uh, to be honest, you know, you know, I don't have the best uh, football knowledge. Oh, by the way, no way I'm having Neil Ruddick. Thank Absolutely. you. That's what I was waiting for. Uh, not, no, no, you can't do that. You can't uh, do that. And Trev, I'd like to just make, make ask you now, of all of the ex-Liverpool players that you're now sort of um, whining and dining with, don't ever go down to Neil Ruddick. Uh, by the way, dude, I think I think you'll I think you'll <laughs> be the one I think you'll be the one who knows better than anyone because we've spoken about it. The interview has been offered, and I have refused it because that guy, and and quite 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 honestly, he's I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, it's fact. He's the embodiment of all the shit that we yeah. put up with in the nineties when things should have been so much better. And you know what? When Roy Evans deserved so much better yeah, from yeah, his yeah. staff, and they had proper 
both ballers and they had Barnsley at the tail end and those fuckers fucked it and I hate them for it. I hate all of them for it. Uh, but he is the embodiment of that. So I'm, I'm never interviewing that. I, 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 think, I think you go very wrong to make fights with former Liverpool defenders. I'll just leave it there. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, 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 I love the way that my fight is with a lad who's older and fatter than me, whereas your fight is with a lad who's like built like some sort of lad out of Super Mario. I don't know. This is going to go, Chief. But uh, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Thinking I might come out on top of mine. Yes, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Not if he sits on you. You better get the Taekwondo master shit out. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> Um, anyway, uh, so Neil, recap. Neil, uh, what, oh, yeah, so I've got, yeah, so I've got, I've got Neil, Neil Webb, Neil, Neil Lennon for harmony reasons. I've got Neil Meller for a great goal reason, and actually, I, I think he seems alright as well. I quite, I quite like yeah, him as, as, like, a, as a pundit. He's a good lad, yeah. Yeah, good yeah. Lad. So um, then, anyway, then I sort of run out of uh, football players to be honest. I can think <laughs> off the top of the head. So do you know who Neil Finn is? I do. He's uh, he's uh, what's his name? The crowded house dude, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So Neil Finn is singing out to crowded house. He's from New Zealand. He's from New Zealand, and I'd like to to sort of treat our five side tournament that we're holding here with all our namesakes a little bit like FIFA do with the World Cup and take it to different parts of the globe and spread the football message to the football family. So that's why I'm having Neil Finn in there. And finally, I've got to have Neil Young in. And with Neil Young, essentially all I want him to do is just be really self-indulgent and just do keep you up in the corner, round like buying some kit for 25 minutes with absolutely complete contempt for the people who paid money to come and see him. Uh, <laughs> so that, that's my five. Well, while playing harmonica strapped to his face. Yes. <laughs> spoken, spoken like a veteran of a Neil Young concert. And, and you know what? And by the way, no bigger fan of Neil Young than me. And I love the guy, but I have been to some shit Neil Young concerts. The only one who's done a worse concert uh, in comparison to reputation is Bob Dylan. He just came out in Ireland one time. He came out in Dublin, put his hood up and sort of mumbled into his mic and fucked off. Yeah. That's really weird. I saw Neil Young at the Flair Festival in, uh, if I pronounce that correctly, in, um, in Finsbury Park. And Neil Young was Neil Young was all right, and he, he, but he didn't do Neil and the Damage Done, which annoyed me. He did a 55-minute version of Well, I Go Hurricane, yeah. which, which is good until he goes, yeah, here's another solo. Oh, great. Um, but, <laughs> the, the, but the year after that was Bob Dylan, who sat at the back with a hat on, sunglasses on, and uh, and played keyboards. Literally, you couldn't see him. And the only thing I recognised with it all over now, Baby Blue. And only then, because I was told at the end, by the way, that was Baby Blue. When are we talking about there, Carl? Because I guarantee it's the same tour. I guarantee it. It was about 1998, maybe. Would it have been that late? Okay, okay, right. Uh, mine was a bit earlier, and he was shit in the early... Yeah, he was shit in the early 90s. Well, oh, man, it was bad stuff. It was bad stuff. Uh, Cam? Yeah, I can um, confirm that there are, there are no footballers, <laughs> professional footballers, out there by the name of Gumbledeep. So, um, but there are lots can... of there are lots of Camerons, right? Yeah, lots Cam- of Camerons. Or Cameron, Cam- yeah, yeah. You know. did, did, did you did you did you delve into that world or? I just or, had a quick look and I couldn't find anyone decent at all. <laughs> <laughs> So I found American football players, by the okay, way. Okay, 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 yeah. Every yeah. time. Every... But I've got, I've got a great name for the five-a-side team. Brilliant. Give us your name. <laughs> Cami Kazi Killers. Oh, shit. Love it. Nice. Good about Chris Kamara. There you go. 
Oh yeah, Cammy. Oh no, yeah. I'm not sure I like it anymore. I did like it until it until I had that Chris Kamara thing. Cammy it does abbreviate as KKK as well. It right. does, fella. <laughs> just, 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 right, just, you have to listen to the uh, podcast last week with all your, your love of racist films. By the way, by the way, Pooley during the week just uh, got on to me. I was asking him would he be able to step in because Cara and you were saying you mightn't be able to. And the first thing Pooley says is, yeah, nice chat about racist films. I presume that's Blazing Saddles you're on a bit, as opposed yeah. to Birth of a Nation, you absolute fucker. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Birth of a Nation. Yeah, yeah, uh, anyway, right, yeah, okay. Uh, so, what, so what, run that name passes again there. Well, we, we may have to change one at least to a C, but what was it called? <laughs> what was it, Cam's what? Kamikaze Killers. Kamikaze Killers. Uh, beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I don't know. I don't know if you've noticed, lads, but we've pretty much. Um, in fact, we've absolutely gone well into our time here. We don't have time Trevs. Then there's no five Trevs. We don't have time for fucking Trevs. There are five Trevs, and 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 like like poorly, I went a little bit esoteric at the end of it. But we we can do it again. We can do it again. Um, right. I uh, I I was hoping to get Guy Ritchie. Uh, Guy Ritchie's. I was hoping to get Guy, <laughs> Guy Drinkles in again. But Guy Drinkles includes Guy Ritchie, so that's some. That's I mean, he's even more desperate to calm there. Uh, so I don't even want to know what that is going to look at like at the end. What I want to do is I want to finish uh, this podcast and this episode before we before we wrap it up and I go to you boys for your final thoughts and uh, if you have any ideas or if there's anything you want to say or just before we say goodbye to everybody. What I want to do is that we didn't we didn't feature the end of Defender and I want to finish it. I mean. Like the thing about Defender is, it's such a wonderful piece of work that, like, there's philosophy that we've missed out on. You know, like it, at one stage, um, Barnsley's talking about uh, Barnsley, as in Steve Bruce is talking about Pavlovian uh, theory. He says, for example, at one point, he kept me waiting for five minutes. Those minutes sound like an eternity. Eventually, however, the telephone rang. It had a kind of sinister sound. There's nothing sinister about a telephone ring, but when you know the kind of message you're about to receive, there is the sinister sound by association. Like those dogs that Pavlov did his experiments with. <laughs> there was no reason for them to salivate at the sound of a bell and not at the sight of food, but they had been conditioned. Right at this moment, I felt some sympathy with those beasts. I mean... That's fucking deep. And what I want to do is I want to finish, if I could, with the last lines of Defender, which is going to be my last lines of Steve Bruce, Steve Barnes, all of no, this. No, no. It is, is yeah. Say it no. So. so it's the end. It's the end of the series, and it's the end of the series because these are the last lines of Defender, which is the last lines that Steve Bruce has ever written as a professional author, and we know how good he's been, and we know he's a published novelist, and. It's, it's exciting, but we need to finish. And basically, the setup here is at this stage, the whole uh, 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 horrible situation where he was lured into going to Brazil to bring Cabral, his uh, uh, errant um, 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 foreign footballer, home, and uh, there was a sort of a fake kidnapping mess going on. And Cabral, Cabral eventually does come back. By the way, oh, listen, every every racist cliche you can imagine is 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 absolutely underlined here with a big, 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 big sort of uh, double underline. But 
at the end, Cabral comes back. Everything's good. They they go 2-0 down in their final game, but Cabral, he changes stuff, and it, it, it's a 5-2 win. And Anyway, um, we come to Stevie's last words, and Stevie's got the guy who caused him all this pain and all this hassle, the guy who sort of set up this kidnapping, this faux kidnapping scenario. And the guy in question is basically called, well, he's got a couple of names. His name is Chummy, but... <laughs> But Steve refers to him as Bob, so don't be confused. Oh, it just means mate, doesn't it? It doesn't mate, no. <laughs> no, it doesn't in the, in the north, the northeast. And yeah, 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 yeah. But unfortunately, Chummy is his actual is his is his character. Oh, I say okay, all right. But uh, but Bob is also his character name, so that's that's easy. So here's how it goes, and I'll, what I'll do is I'll 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 read quotes when it's quotes, and this is this is it. This is the end um, of Defender and our time with Stevie. You know enough about English to pretend to be a foreigner. You know enough about this area to send me on a merry chase, wasting my time pretending that you had kidnapped Cabral. One million quid? Do you think I was born yesterday? That's Stevie. When did you guess? That's uh, Bob Chummy. He asked, stumbling over his words. Oh, you tried to put me off the scent, getting me to believe the kidnapper was a foreigner. You knew how to make deliberate errors, and there was one serious mistake. It's getting good now. Yes, says Jimmy. Here, in this office, you mentioned a million quid ransom. I'd never told you the amount. (sighs) That's fucking great, isn't it? Jesus. It's like the usual suspects. Oh, man, I'm I'm so... I was biting my nails. Now we're in narrator mode. I went to the door. I asked Julie to come in. Julie, of course, is ever ready. God love her. Ever suffering secretary. Julie, ask the chairman to come in, will you? Tell him he needs to make a phone call to the chief constable. <sighs> Will do, she said. I turned chummy. Quote now from Stevie. Sir Lawrence has an excellent command of English, Bob. You know, don't you? being a teacher of English, that you can tell a lot about a person from the way they speak. By this time he was crying. And do you know, I didn't give a damn. Jesus. Yeah. Fucking hell. Ruthless. Oh, I mean, I, I'm reading it. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of shook up. Uh, my, heart, my heart's pounding. Oh, Jesus Christ. I've got no nails left. <laughs> Next week, I've got so many brilliant fucking daft things instead of that to make up for the wonder that is that. So please don't be worried that we won't be able to replace the daftness because I just found about three things today that are equally daft. Anyway, we need to leave uh, well, it. I've also got, um, uh, I don't have the book with me, but uh, we haven't got time anyway, but um, I've got a beauty of an anecdote from Sid Little's autobiography. Uh, this, this is exactly why I'm absolutely content we can segue. Yeah. We need to leave it that because we've been going on for a bit now. This is this is enough, I think, for tonight's episode of uh, the Anfield Index podcast. I've been Trev Danny, you've been you. And before I let me let you go, uh, let me thank my pod brethren, including an extra man tonight for another solid innings. Um, that's Carl and Cam and Neil. Carl, before we go, anything you want to talk to us about? Uh, Some green grass on the ball um, is uh, this week's um, copy is by Leanne Prescott. Anfield Index fame. She's talking about Arsene Wenger and um, his um, his impact on, on the modern game. Um, then I believe we're going to be having a piece about Walter Matthias. 
which I felt unfortunate. Uh, from, from some lad. From some lad. Um, and also, it's looking like my book might be out even maybe late September, which is called Falling Without Landing, and it's my second novel. Get the fuck in. I love that. Brilliant. Fantastic to hear. Cam, before we go, any thoughts from you? I'll call you later. Don't call me later. Call me dad. <laughs> What's happening here? <laughs> I just thought I'd share my shit dad joke. <laughs> <laughs> I did ask you to share a shit dad joke and I never got around to it. It's wonderful. You know, that's it's absolutely the perfect way for you to sign off, my friend. Thank you very much uh, to You're Mr. French for another another absolutely fantastic outing. And uh, Pooley, great to have you on, man. Um, are there any things you'd like to tell us about that won't happen? No, no. What do you call a three-legged donkey? <laughs> shit. Go on, it's- a wonky. Oh my <laughs> Christ. <laughs> and with that, we found the level. Uh, oh, that's cute. That's me. I'm spent. I honestly, I honestly feel like doing that, 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 um, that, that, and like that. He was gone. That's, that's exactly, I feel like doing the Kaiser Souls at the same moment, because that is fucking amazing. The two of you with the signing off of the dad jokes, that's incredible. We need to go now before anything, anything, anything happens, because that's, that's, that's remarkable. That is where we leave it for tonight's episode. I've got to get, get to the airport. You've got to go to the airport. <laughs> I'm and let's yeah. face it, it wouldn't be an outro if, uh, if, if Kopak didn't walk all over anyway. So there we go. There we go. I, I am famous for this across several podcasts. You, you are, you are quite well known. That is where we'll leave it for tonight's Anfield Index podcast. I've been Trev Denny, you've been you. And I want to just say thanks very much for listening. Uh, we really appreciate everybody uh, who does tune in is very much a treasured listener on our part. Can I ask you to please use your manifold platforms to spread the word about the show if you enjoy it and do a brother solid and tell someone else about it. We'll be back next week with more Wittering. We may even get Pooley back before the end of next year. In the interim, be kind to your fellow Reds and stay safe out there. Podcast Network.